Today on the Star Parent Podcast, we have Ishani calling in from India, and she's going to tell us about a micro school that she put together 11 years ago and how that's impacted her community and how she wants to share that with the rest of the world. Thanks for listening. Perfect. Uh, happy and very happy. Everyone, today on the Star Parent Podcast, we are so fortunate to have Ishani Shaveda from India. I really hope I'm saying your last name properly, and please correct me. <laughs> it's, it's word, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Thank you. Oh, it does matter. I, I always think about the importance of the name. It does matter. But yes, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time today. What time is it right now in India? It's uh, 8.15 right now. Okay. Yeah, it's like 10, almost 11 o'clock here. So um, it's so fascinating yeah. how on both sides of a planet and conversing its technology. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, everyone yes. wanted to introduce Ishani mm -hmm. because she's doing something in India right now that I find so fascinating. And it has a lot to do with my philosophy about small groups, small spaces, and building community with people and, and, and families. So Ishani, would you like to tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yes, definitely. Thank you, Lauren, for having me. Uh, so I, we have started with a small micro school called Sehej Natural Learning Center. Sehej, uh, when translated to English, means learning is simple. Learning is natural. That's what Sehej means. Mm. And uh, so I think the name speaks for itself. And with this uh, philosophy, we started uh, with school two years back. We started with four families, and today we have uh, we have six families, and we have space for four more families to join us. Mm. So hopefully, after the pandemic, we'll have those families come uh, and join us as well. And it has been an incredible experience because um, you know we have I've had the honor of um, uh, serving children and uh, seeing them in the natural form. They don't have, you know, children uh, can be their own self. They don't have to do anything to please anybody in the world. So when I look at them, I know that these children are going to grow up to be the little warriors in the world, you know, mm -hmm. because they're coming and they're playing and uh, there's no push for academics on them. Uh, nevertheless, they're learning the academics very naturally and very confidently uh, uh, without being forced or pressurized to do it. Uh, they're doing it because they want to do it. So, you know, the motivation is intrinsic and not on the outside. So, yes, uh, yep. I, I love that. And culturally, too, like that's such a stance to take given the fact that you're building this in, in India, because I find with some Asian countries, they really stress <laughs> academics and, oh, and success yes. with young children. So this is quite radical. You yes, it is. You're right because, uh, you know, when we talk, when I look at the uh, uh, the early childhood development spaces in different parts of the world, then of course, you know, you look at some of the European countries and they are far more liberal as compared to America. But mm -hmm. then in America too, you know, it's considered to be a, a quite a rigidity. When but in America, all their the preschoolers are expected to do is uh, recognize alphabets by the age of five. <laughs> You're in, okay, but here in India, children know how to write, write and read mm -hmm. in Hindi and in English by age six. 
they know wow. it like yeah. you know so so it's and here we come in and we are saying that we're not going to do that and this yes. is what we're going to do instead and uh, give them when their age when they are 7 years or 8 years of age you give them one year and in one year they're going to match up to the reading writing skills and academic skills of yes. a regular school going child you know yes. uh, and there's <laughs> there's a lot of research which has gone into it and um, uh, uh, and we we know that because we are seeing our children their physical development is happening yes. perseverance you know the perseverance you know so they know how to learn things you know yes so, i'm getting goosebumps yeah. when you say this because you said to me earlier this is real play we do real play here and i love that you said that because i wanted to find out what does that mean for you real play yes uh, so you know uh, play has been you know i have a tattoo which says play actually because mm. uh, that's <laughs> you know i feel that play is the most undervalued uh, pedagogy in the early childhood space a uh, mm. lot of people when it comes to play unfortunately uh, they're trying to push an adult agenda through mm-hmm. a in a play way method uh which is great if you believe if that's what you want to do but according to me uh and according to a lot of play theorists from around the world that's not play mm. in play you know it's child led the yes. child decides what the child wants to do how mm-hmm. he or she wants to do it and whom she wants to play with uh how do they want to play with for how long do they want to play with something or mm-hmm. uh, they have their own idea the right. idea the ownership is with the child and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of freedom to choose yes. to 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 be and to experience all emotion feelings you know play is not only about being happy or being you know uh, uh, having a fun time play is also about being frustrated about being sad about being yeah. angry about being yes. you know happy you know so when children leave sahaj at the end of the day when i ask them sometimes how was your day today most of the time they say it was good and bad they never yeah. say it was a good day <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's awesome uh, i think that's and that sums up what play is and which is yeah. different from an activity right in right. an activity you know it it's it's a momentary thing you know like a ch- child might do an activity which with the adult would ask them to do and mm-hmm. the adult will have an agenda that at the end of this activity the child should have learned how to say a few numbers or the child yes. today the activity is about having an uh, objective painting of yes having an mm-hmm. objective like maybe painting a rock or something you know and that yeah. can be an activity which the child would enjoy doing it would be a fun thing to do right. but it's a momentary happiness you know the child will remember it or not remember it after a few days but right. play on the contrary is joy you know play mm-hmm. gives joy you know and that's yes. what you know it's not a fun thing that real joy and uh, that's for me is play I will never forget my experience working at a large CPO. They had the concept called the jouet c'est magique, which is basically um 
realizing that play is magical. However, they had this concept where they had to, you had, as the educator, you had to document the child's play, meaning you had to record interactions, um, things that were created. You had to record um, the structure of their play which took away the entire dynamic of play. I'll never forget trying to let people understand that there needs to be a, le- a level of freedom and security when children are playing. If, you f- if they feel like you're hovering over them, it takes away that magic. So I just thought it was so funny, this concept, because it really was, was not Jouet magic. It was Jouet take away the magic. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to <laughs> Ishani. The thing I love about play for me, just because I have a, a little bit of a different stance, because I actually don't play with children. I watch children engage in play and I supervise and I facilitate their language development, especially when it comes to labeling their feelings and expressing themselves with their peers. But one of the things I love about play is that you can infuse life skills into play. Mm-hmm. And the Mm -hmm. children can start at an early age adapting. One of the first things that I love to facilitate with young children is cleanup. Cleanup is a a life skill. It's a part of organizing your space and making sure it's harmonious, making sure that things are available for other people to use thereafter, disrespecting the the, uh, form of something and where it belongs. These, These little things for me are important when I'm, when I'm introducing life skills to children, is there something that you do um, in your in your micro school that uh, that nurtures um, life skills development? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, the essential life skills uh, that we need to survive in the world, you know, are pro- your problem solving skill, problem solving skills, mm-hmm. uh, perseverance, uh, your creative thinking skills, conflict resolution skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, critical thinking skills, and this, uh, and these are just some of the life skills that we are nurturing very uh, easily and uh, gently uh, with children in a play setting. You know, mm-hmm. so for instance, like you know, you write, you said, you know, you you are an observer. So similarly, we we are an observer. I am an observer to the child playing, mm-hmm. and we uh, nourish and nurture meaningful relationship with every child so we know um oh, every child's uh, temperament and we know where to push a child where to step back and we have we have nourished that so for instance mm. if children are climbing a tree and some children take a couple of days to learn how to climb the tree some children take a couple of months or some children take a year to climb the tree but in all this um, uh, in while the ch- child is learning how to climb a tree, not for once would we physically touch a child. We are there to yes, and mm-hmm. uh, we are there to say that look, you've been doing this since the past one month, and now you've yeah. been able to do it. You yeah, know? and so, so then the child is when trying to do something else. The child said, "Oh, but you know, I took a mu- I took so much time to learn how to climb a tree." Oh, this is not that tough. I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice it. <laughs> so you know, so you know, so we are not telling them that you have to practice something. We are not teaching them that. But the child is learning that because 
they nurtured in an environment of trust you know where yeah. they trusted and respected for who they are right. yeah. so this is just one of the example of perseverance and similarly you know of you know conflict resolution you know there are so many conflicts that arise when children are engaged in play yes. and uh, they have seen us how do we resolve conflicts how do we solve conflicts and mm-hmm. we Uh, we modeled it for them so our uh, children like our 6 year olds will tell our 4 year olds that listen i'm not angry with you but you didn't give the chalk to me so that's why i'm not going to be giving you my gun to you okay so i'm not angry with you but you know <laughs> yeah. but i didn't like that you didn't share the chalk with me you know so this are very uh, you know this are very nuanced uh skills you know they're very nuanced co- communication skills you know and it's not that you know a lot of pedagogies and a lot of schools nowadays are talking about uh teaching life skills to children which is a great change from oh, 20 years back mm-hmm. but you know when you're going to box them into work life skills into worksheets and into mm-hmm. one uh, uh uh one hour class that's one way of doing it perhaps i'm not sure if it works or not but for me what i'm witnessing right now is that of uh, play in early years is is what really leads to developing life skills as a behavior pattern so anytime uh, these children uh, are going to be faced with a problem the only way they need to they know how to respond is to solve that problem anytime they're going to have a conflict with another friend the only way they know how to respond is to resolve that com- conflict mm. to talk about it to communicate yeah. anytime yeah. they're going to fail the only way they know it is to keep pers- you know keep at it you know and they know mm-hmm. when to take a break when to not take a break they have that kind of an understanding of, of how to handle things because that's mm-hmm. the only way they know how to respond and that's what a behavior pattern does you know Abs- and it's so uh, you know <laughs> One thing yeah, I wanted to add, piggyback on which I wanted to add in because I think it's super important and it's what you're doing is the to in, to um encourage small groups. I think we can accomplish these things, these developments of life skills and vocabulary and making sure that pe- children develop these healthy patterns when we have them in a small group and we can learn their individual temperaments. When you have a big classroom with you know yeah. four four groups of you know 10 it it gets loud yeah. it's distracting it's Absolutely. hard for, it's hard for 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 teachers to regulate themselves because of all the energy in the room so sometimes those conversations just get overlooked and children are not given that that one-on-one attention to develop their skills uh for for conflict resolution or you know negotiating with a friend or speaking to an adult that is treating them poorly Uh, so having small groups i think it's so so important Absolutely. for the first 6 years this is a huge trigger for me when people talk about how they put the importance of a child first that's actually one of the reasons why i moved to quebec because quebec has one of the best childcare programs in canada however i don't understand why no one's picked up on why small groups are not as is important as the larger groups and putting children in a home like setting versus an institutionalized setting 
oh, I can't, I can go on for days just about the colors, the rooms, the food, the things that we're doing with our children right now can be better. And I'm so excited to have Ishani here today to tell us about what's going on in India and how we can make our programs just as amazing as they are as others around the world. Let's go back to Ishani. Absolutely. And I think COVID uh, with all its uh, negativity has brought in some kind of a positive news because I mm-hmm. think a lot of parents are, are now scared of sending their children to a bigger or school yep. or a bigger infrastructure, or, you know. So now yes. there are a lot of parents who, who perhaps are thinking of ho- having micro schools and pod schools in their own homes and in their own gardens and, and you know, stuff like that. So I think this is a good effect uh, that we are going to be seeing in the future, you know, that yes. more and more parents are opening up their own micro schools with mm-hmm. four or five families or ten families. And I think that's yes. the way forward. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you have a garden in your center. I had a day a daycare before yes. COVID and we had a beautiful garden and it the children just all participate. The parents even came. How does your yeah. garden run? So uh, we have been very blessed. Uh, we already had a garden and okay. we have um, lemons growing there and pomegranates growing there and fruits growing there. We have halicunia flowers and birds of paradise and lots of wow. other flowers and fruits happening. And then the children have one day this real like they also want to grow something. So they have uh, sown some vegetables, some, you know, uh, ladyfinger, uh, okra. Uh, and oh. <laughs> other vegetables and um, uh, you know stuff like that so children are seeing the life cycle of the fruits mm-hmm. uh, and you know when children are out in the open you know like they experience life and death both because yes. you know, they've seen birds giving birth to uh, babies like you know the eggs g- getting cracked and the yeah. babies coming out they've seen caterpillars they've seen baby snails they've also seen snails dying they've also yes. seen uh, uh, a bird die and they, they've mm-hmm. you know buried the bird and they had a little ceremony for the, the dead bird and um, so they see life and death in its natural form when you are out in the open but having said that um, you know if, if there are parents who are really wanting to open up a micro school and they're wondering that oh wow you know nature is so wonderful and but I don't have a garden and I can't do that I, I would really like to urge them to, if, even if it's an indoor space doesn't matter you know if you can take them out uh, twice a week you know if anyways you know children have access to parks and other areas and they're going to be experiencing outdoors but even if you have an indoor space uh, that should not stop you from opening up your own micro school you know the important mm-hmm. thing is that children have a safe space to be themselves and if you are have the gift if, if you think you wish to have that hold that space for a group of children please go ahead you know it's not about the environment it's going to be about the the environment that you're going to offer you know this yeah. is what I would request anybody's listening to this Today. absolutely and like even just potted plants any form you know yes that makes, yeah makes a big difference children like for here obviously the um the zoning for our vegetation is very different than india so we can only grow for so many months a year out of the year but one of the things right. that my children love growing is basil potted basil yes. because then they can use their scissors after its leaves and cut yes. the leaves off and make pesto and we've done it and it's so so much fun so for the people in north america pesto is a good thing to grow in pots 
and a great way yes. to get children involved in preparing foods and meals. Absolutely. Yeah. What I meant to say is that basil is a great thing to grow in pots. And any pot of plants in a child classroom will add to the ambiance and the energy of the room. That's actually something to look forward to when you're looking for home daycare or daycare. Do they have a lot of light? Do they have plants? Do they have um, pets or fish? Something, things like these are good indications that they're aware of the environment and the energy and the feng shui of it all, which we will have somebody on talking about how to organize your home and your classrooms for better energy flow. Let's get back to Ishani. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ashani, I'm so thankful for you being here and I would love for you to come back so we could talk more about what you're doing in your micro school and also even get more, more, um, I guess more detailed in, in how a micro school evolves to what you have right now, because it's, it's, it's fascinating. Definitely. I look forward to having that conversation, but in a <laughs> nutshell, I think, um, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, when we started with the micro school two years back, um, uh, it was unheard of, you know, at least mm. you know, in India, you know, yeah. uh, to have a micro school or a small school, you know. So we faced a lot of challenges when we started out. You know, we had a lot of parents who were like, you're not teaching them counting, you're not teaching yeah. them how they're going to learn. And we were trying to communicate that, you know, they will learn at a give, you know, you know, I, you know, this is our parents of two-year-olds who are saying that you're not teaching them anything. So, uh, you know, it was a <laughs> challenge, but eventually we had to say that, okay, we're not on the same page. It's better that we stick to four parents. Like we started out with 10 parents. Again, we reduced to four. Instead of increasing, mm. we reduced, you know. Nice. So we're glad we did that. Yes. Because... Uh, the, I, then we have been able to stick to what we started out doing in the first place, you know, to stand up for children's rights, you know, to mm. stand up for, uh, to, def to come in the defense of children and say that, you know, children deserve to engage in play. Yes. And in order to do that, we had to let go of parents who were, were not on the same page. So well, this was the, the greatest that... <laughs> challenge, Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah and no, that's I, what I think I'm saying. A lot to do yeah. With parents' insecurities, I think when parents force their children to know, to know, to know, I think it has a lot to say about the parent and their own insecurity that they're they're dealing with. So I, I love that you, yeah, you reduce to get that to make sure it's the so, quality. Yeah, yeah. So the current uh, uh, Instagram page of Learn, uh, and that's where you and I met. Yes, uh, is actually uh, it comes uh, from that. Uh, space you know because when I worked with a few parents and I realized that you know it's the parents who are in have their own security insecurities and rightly mm -hmm. so because they have their own conditioning and their own things going on in yep. their own life I just realized that no parenting can be a lot more joyful and a lot more stress-free if we just stop uh, start focusing on our own self more mm -hmm. than the children themselves yes. so uh, the 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 Instagram page of Flown is actually uh, trying to solve that uh, purpose in a small way, you know, so mm. that's what we're trying to do. Can you spell that for our listeners? 
Flurn? F-L-U-R-N. Flurn. Fun and learning. That's how I started 11 years back. And that's okay. why I got, I got stuck with Flurn, actually. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's so cool. So I'm hoping that people will find you on Instagram and follow you. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, it's called Flurn.JoyfulParenting. That's what it's called. F-L-U-R-N-Flurn.JoyfulParenting. Yes. I will I will include that in the links when I write up the uh, yes, the yes. description for the podcast. Yes. That would be wonderful. But, yes, thank you. Oh, good, good, good. Well, thank you for taking the time today. Um, I ask all my listeners, what does spiritual parenting mean to you? Because whatever it is, just seek it, ask for it, and do whatever it takes to make you shine. Ishani, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Lauren, so much. It's, it's been a worth the wait. Thank you for this conversation. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ishani is coming back in December, and we're going to have this great conversation about the magic of Christmas. What does that mean for you and your family? And do you tell your children about Santa? We look forward to having you back. Thanks for listening.